Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. people i have a very special guest today in studio with me her name is shannon and she is a children's therapist with a local agency that provides services to victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse and today we're going to be talking about fear and anxiety in children because as we know if you're fearful and anxious as a child then most likely you're going to become an adult with those same issues that are probably going to be exacerbated in your life as you get older. So we're going to talk about that. But first, let me introduce you to Shannon. Hello there. Hello there. Thank you so much for choosing to be on the Get Happy with Jay podcast today. You are welcome. And just to be transparent, we also work together. So I've talked a little bit about on the podcast what I do. So we work together and uh, I see the hard work that Shannon puts in with her clients. And it's exciting to be able to see the growth from the children that she sees when they first come in, they're shy. A lot of them are still in crisis because what has brought them to the agency has probably been recent. But whatever the case may be, to see them bloom and blossom as they're in therapy, it's a joy to see it from my end of things. So thank you for what you do for these children and how you really do make a difference in their life. Now, tell me a little bit about your job and what you do with kids. Well, I work with children and adolescents who have been sexually abused or are involved in a domestic violence situation. Sometimes I have worked with adults, like if they're walk-ins, more like college students, but Mm -hmm. mostly I stick to the children and the adolescents. And sometimes my clients could be as young as two. That's rough. Now, you can see them that young if they're able to communicate. How does that work? Well, we do a lot of TheraPlay. We have to go down to their level and what they're capable of expressing. So it's a lot of play therapy, you know, dollhouse houses, puppets, dress up, things like that books that they would understand. So we kind of try to become like a kid again to really engage these kids to find out what's going on with them. I'll actually like sit on the floor with them and, you know, interact with them. So yeah, that's what we do with the younger kids. How could you tell with kids that young that what you're doing with them is kind of sticking and that they're getting it? Well, a lot of them will go home and talk to their parents and kind of repeat what we're doing or bring the activity home and be like, mom, this is what I've learned. So then the parent will come back to the next session and be like, what did you talk to them about this? Because they were talking about it. So with the parents being engaging and talking to us, then we know that the younger kids are kind of getting what we're talking about. Now, let's get to what brings you here today. I was kind of somewhat traumatized. (laughs) 
I was walking down our hall and you do these amazing monthly art project displays with the kids that um, kind of lets them have a creative outlet for their feelings. And we'll talk about that. But this particular month, you had this wall of like cupcakes that the kids got to decorate. And you're thinking, oh, this is cute. (laughs) What can go Mm -hmm. wrong with cupcakes on the wall? And then you had them list their fears and was a concept kind of like with the cupcake that they're taking a bite out of whatever that fear is or describe the concept behind the cupcake wall. Well, basically, that's like a paper cupcake that I pulled off the internet and the kids decorate it. And I'm like, okay, so what are some of your fears? And the kids will write their fears on the cupcake. And then I said, I did the, you know, take a bite out of your fear. So how would you overcome your fear of heights? Or some kids, mostly there were spiders and then cockroaches, which was one of them. But and it was kind of like the theme was, how do you take a bite out of your fears? But then the cupcakes kind of got a little dark. Yeah, a little dark, a little heartbreaking. Well, Um, I made a list because I took a picture, first of all, of the cupcake wall. And I'm hoping to be able to get permission to put that on the website. But I wrote down all the fears that were listed. And some of them are typical that, that you'd hear from any kid, period, like monsters, spiders, heights, storms, ghosts, tornadoes, clowns, airplanes, like you said, roaches. I think someone even put bed bugs, bad grades. Mm-hmm. But then the dark ones, like someone wrote that they're afraid of three o'clock a.m., mom losing her job, mom crying. Someone put getting stuck in a fridge, death of anything, court, murder, zombies, blood, getting kidnapped. This one broke my heart the most, afraid that mom is going to die young. And another one was afraid that their stepdad's going to get out of jail and beat mom again. So some of these fears, I think, are natural to the population that we work with. So there's that. But then with some of these, you can see that a lot of this comes like directly from the media, what they're seeing on TV, what they're watching. Like there were several kids that wrote zombies. So things like that, we know where that's coming from. And the child that wrote Getting Kidnapped, there was recently a story in the news about that. And the one that someone was afraid of getting stuck in a fridge. Well, there was a story in the news recently about this young African-American woman that was found deceased in a fridge. So at some point you're like, okay, these kids are watching a whole lot of TV and they're watching a whole lot of news. Can you speak to where some of these fears are coming from? I mean, I think you're right with the population that we work with, especially the one you mentioned about he's afraid his mom's going to die and the stepdad's going to get out of jail. That clearly represents a child that's grown up in domestic violence. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the other types of fears, the zombies. I mean, I've worked with kids as young as four years old that are watching The Walking Dead. Yeah, at that age. You know, I have nothing against The Walking Dead, but a four-year-old watching The Walking Dead, that's kind of disturbing. And then, you know, you got all kinds of kids watching social media, engaging in social media, and the example about the fridge, I remember seeing that on the news, but does a young child really need to see that? No, absolutely not. So I think as parents, we're trying to help our kids understand what's going on in the world, but then I think we have to be better at not exposing them, especially younger kids, to things that they don't need to know about. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's really innocent on the parents' part, Mm -hmm. because a lot of us are 
news junkies. Like I'm personally a news junkie. But even as an adult that I'd say for the most part pretty much has it together emotionally, Mm -hmm. even watching the news too much for me has been like jarring to me. And I found myself being more anxious and fearful and sometimes even angry at what I watch. So as an adult, I know, okay, you've got news overload. Let's turn the TV off. And I think parents need to be mindful of that with kids. Like get your news not necessarily around your kids. Like turn that stuff off that they do not need to be seeing. Mm -hmm. And probably not watching Walking Dead at four years old. Yeah. Probably not watching, you know, inappropriate shows with, you know, sex and violence in them. And Mm -hmm. it's can't escape that. But as a parent, you can monitor. I mean, I find myself watching the news a lot. And it does. It makes you angry. And But my kids are older. But when they were younger, I kind of had it in the background. And you just have to be mindful of what your kids are being exposed to. So how do you do that as a parent or as anyone that has a child around? Honestly, with teenagers, because that's what I got, you cannot take their phone away. You cannot take them off social media. But you can let them know, hey, I'm here if you want to talk about things like the Vegas shooting. There was so much talk about it. Mm-hmm. And some people, I don't want to talk about it. But it happened and there's nothing we can do about it. But we can let our kids know, you know, I'm here for you if you want to talk about this. I'm here for you if you want to talk about things that are going on in your life, especially stress. I think more nowadays kids are feeling that stress, that pressure, how the economy was and who our president is and all the struggles that we're going to right now as a country. I think there's a lot more stress for kids and it's just about letting your kids know, hey, I'm here for you. Not hounding them and being like, what's going on? What's going on? But just saying, hey, I'm here for you if you want to talk. How as a parent can you recognize or what things can you look out for to know that maybe your kid is becoming a little fearful and anxious beyond the norm? Well, if your kids seem to be like preoccupied with maybe a disturbing story, if they become withdrawn and spend a lot of time in their room, maybe, I mean, that could be like a teenage thing. They just don't want to be with you. But (laughs) a lot of times some kids will just isolate themselves and Uh some of them start like with anxiety, shaking, or some of them turn into self-harm you know, Mm -hmm. or turn to drugs and alcohol to try to alleviate that stress. So you want to make sure you pay attention. Grades go down. So you want to make sure you pay attention to your kids' grades. Like, you know, they went from straight A's to like D's and you're just like, wow, something's going on. Just being aware of, again, letting your kids know, I'm there for you. What's what's going on? I was going to say, if you do um, suspect something like this going on with your child, and I know it's going to vary depending on that child's age, but how should someone broach the subject with their child? I think really what's good to, you know, working with children and having kids of my own is putting yourself out there and saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of upset or fearful about this too. How are you feeling about it? Letting your kids know that you have fears and you have anxieties and let them know it's okay to talk about it. At what point would you say that it goes just from being a little anxious and a little fearful to perhaps recognizing that maybe they need to see someone about it, to see a therapist? I think when you notice your child becoming upset about certain things, like especially things on TV, if they become so obsessive and consumed by it. And of course, if they're engaging in dangerous behaviors that they normally didn't engage in, that's the time to maybe bring them to a professional just to talk to them. It may not be a long-term situation. It may not be something, oh, they got to get on medication. It just may be that someone they need to talk to other than Mm -hmm. their parent. And I know that we are more sensitive to it, perhaps, because once again, the population that we work 
work with, but it isn't just with kids that have had these kinds of traumas in their life. I am hearing from all my friends and relatives that have kids that have had no kind of trauma or abuse in their life that are being anxious and fearful. So why does it seem to be so prevalent and so increasingly prevalent? Well, I think that our anxieties and stress existed before, but with social media out there and being exposed to so much that we, I mean, things pop up on Facebook, things pop up on any type of social media site really quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. and we watch that because we're drawn to it, not because we're (laughs) sick individuals, but because we're thinking about the people that were hurt, like especially Las Vegas. It's like Uh every time I see a commercial about it, I just want to cry. Have you had kids talk to you specifically about the Vegas shooting? I've had a couple of kids bring it up, and that is one of their fears, too. I mean, I think that's why people are out um, scared of guns. Mm -hmm. I think someone specifically put on there, too, that they were scared of uh, the possibility of a school shooting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that has definitely been so much in the forefront because going into the schools as a therapist, they're locked. And I've been in one of the schools one time and there was a lockdown. I'm like, oh my gosh, I better get out of here. I probably Mm -hmm. should have stayed at the school. But kids are just, there's so much going on in the schools now. I mean, even when I walk in the schools, I'm like, God, that person could be a shooter. That person could be a shooter. It's disturbing. It's like people are solving their problems through violence. And with what you see with kids and their fears, it's really mirrored with adults because even for us and where we work in most places of employment, everyone has like a shooter protocol mm-hmm. and it's almost like morbid to think about, but you have to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is anxiety inducing. Oh, like, yeah. wow, this could actually happen. Well, and it's sad with the Newtown shooting where all those young kids and adults were killed in Connecticut. Yes. That was awful. That that's where it started, where everything is locked down. Mm -hmm. So when I go to school, I don't get mad when I can't get into the school until they buzz me in because they're just protecting the students. Now, I do, like if someone's in back of me, like not if they're right in back of me, I will shut the door because I don't know them. Mm -hmm. And I'll wait for the school to decide if they want to let them in. So it's good to talk about that and, and to recognize that it's not just with young people and with children that are expressing anxiety and fear that it's with adults too. And so even we grown folk have to recognize that stuff within ourselves and realize when we're becoming obsessive and watching too much TV and to know when to turn it off ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, with the serious work that you do, how do you take care of yourself? Because you are dealing with serious issues. You have heard the absolute worst horror stories that anyone should have to hear. How do you take care of yourself? Because we talk about self-care a lot on this show because that's a part of being happy with Mm -hmm. this heavy, serious, important work that you do, but you also have to have a life outside of it. So talk about how you take care of yourself and how you're able to kind of shut that off at the end of the day and not take it home with you. Well, I'm a very hyper person. And so when I get home from work, I'm a witness. (laughs) I wish you could bottle that energy seriously. So I go home and work out. I clean my house because it's therapeutic to me. I spend time with people that I care about. I have two crazy dogs. Yes, you do. I love and <laughs> I spend a lot of time with them. But I also have a great team of coworkers. And for the work we do, we all have a really good sense of humor. Sometimes and a sick sense yes, of humor. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And we talk to each other and we really communicate with each other. And sometimes we're there after 
after hours because <laughs> we're just talking to each other. And it's so. helpful to like vent mm-hmm. after a horrible day because one of our mutual friends just had a horrible day in therapy where she heard just some awful things. And it's like, wow, that can just bring you down. So to have someone that understands the work that you do to vent to is important. So what else do you do? Because I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you're a bit of a rock star, too. So you've got (laughs) all kinds of stuff going on. (laughs) Well, my boyfriend is in a band. And since we've been together, I've been a guest star. So I've been a guest star several times. Yeah, a a lot. I get a little nervous up there, but uh, it's just about having fun. And Uh I was always singing with a hairbrush in my room. My daughter can sing really well. My mom was a very good singer. And so that I sing, I go out, I go to a lot of events with my boyfriend, a lot of these fancy schmancy events that I have to dress up for. And it's kind of gotten me out of my comfort zone. Which is good because that's what life is about. You should be spreading your wings and challenging yourself to do new things that normally that you wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. I dye my hair a lot, you know, when I'm stressed out. Like on a weekly, (laughs) it's like, I am shocked that you have a hair in your head. But for you to like seriously dye your hair once a week, you have the healthiest set of hair. I don't understand it. Like I dyed my hair one time and I was half bald. How does this happen? I don't know. I guess I'm just lucky. Yeah. I mean, I've been in this business a long time. And I think in the beginning, I was bringing a lot of what I heard at home and just like wanting to save all these kids. Yes. But I have to realize that I can be there for these kids, but I can't bring it home to my own kids and my own family. I cry. I cry a lot about stuff because, you know, you get attached to the kids you work with. They're like your kids. You're only human. Yeah. And you really care about them. You care about these families and you just want what's best for them. And I admit I can be a little suspicious. You know, my own kids are walking in the neighborhoods and there's like stopped cars and I'm like, that person's looking at my daughter that, you know, but. Yeah, well, what we do, we are like more sensitive to all that stuff. Even when it comes to relationships, our own and relationships that we see with our friends and family members, I am like so quick. I don't want to say to judge, but any little thing sends my little antennas up and I'm like, oh no, that could be the beginning of abusive behavior. I know. So yeah, sometimes we have to shut that down a little bit and realize that no, everyone isn't an abuser, mm-hmm. you know, and that sometimes you might be a jerk, but not necessarily an abusive jerk. Mm-hmm. And I think in this job, you have to be passionate. And that's certainly what I have for the kids that I work with. And sometimes I'll see a kid at a young age, and then a couple years later, they're back because they're struggling. Yeah. And to see the transformation that, that's happened to them and these parents saying, you like helped my child so much and they remember you or you see them out in public and they're like hi Miss Shannon how are you that is gratification in itself and just because whether you know it or not you are such an important and pivotal part of that child's life that they'll never forget you I can say that with my grief therapist I could never ever forget her because she was so instrumental in helping me and I think that you're going to get that with your kids Mm -hmm. like if you don't see them for 20 years are going to be like, oh, that's Miss Shannon. I remember you. You do such great work with the kids and it makes such a difference. Now, as we wrap up today, because I'm going to have you back on the show, you have done well, Miss Shannon. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm impressed. (laughs) And when it comes to kids and having healthy, happy kids, there's any number of things that we can talk about. I definitely want to have you come back and discuss social media and how to navigate that with kids, because that's a whole thing in and of itself, even as a 
adults, we have trouble navigating social media. Mm -hmm. So I want to have you back to talk about that. But back to our topic today and about fear and anxiety in kids. Give some parents out there listening, or even if you're not a parent, if you have access to children in any way, give us some final tips on how we can help have kids, raise kids that are not fearful and anxious to begin with. Well, the first thing being in our job, you know, when your child expresses that possibly they were sexually abused, you believe them. That's the first thing you do. You believe them. When your child expresses a fear that you may be like, oh, that's not going to happen. You believe them and you support them and you listen to them. You pay attention to things that have changed, even if it's something little. And you just support them. You hug them. You let them know, especially with boys. I tell this to my boy all the time and he'll never listen to this, so he won't hear me. If he needs to cry, cry. It doesn't mean he's a baby or he's a wimp. It's important that you let your kids know that it's okay to cry over things that are happening in our world or things that are happening in your school or stressors that you're having. Just being supportive and maybe not putting so much pressure on your kids as much as maybe you were given as you were a child. Thank you for those tips. And like I said, we'll be sure to have you back and take it to heart, people. Even if your kids are fearful and anxious, it doesn't mean that they have to stay that way. And you can do things to help your kids not get to that point in the first place. And that's what this show is all about, is encouraging you, uplifting you, giving you information. So as I always say in the coming week, until you hear my voice again, do something to make yourself happy. It's self-care and it's definitely not selfish. Until next week. Yeah.